Chapter Three of the Art of Landscape Painting in Oil Color by Alfred East. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Sketching from Nature. Don't take any makeshifts out when you go sketching. The less you know how to use your tools, the better those tools should be. It is only good workmen who can use bad tools to any purpose and they choose not to do so it is the truest economy to use the best materials it is also a mistake to think that simply because you are going to sketch you need not take much with you the real enjoyment as well as the success of your sketches will to a large extent depend on your forethought in this respect it may be you have walked several miles to sketch a particular subject you had probably seen under a certain effect the day before when you had no sketchy material with you full of pleasurable anticipation you start away thinking how you will treat the subject whether as an upright or as an oblong whether the shadow would be better if longer or shorter or if the distance should be in sunlight or otherwise and many other considerations which go to make up your anticipated enjoyment the air is fresh the clouds sail past in great columns and at the turn of the road you see your subject you arrive your camp stool is fixed your easel arranged and your palette prepared you carefully draw the outline of your subject and you feel that the scene is even more beautiful than it appeared the day before when you discovered it your pencil outline is done and you open your box alas your brushes you have left them at home then one has no proper words adequately to express the situation there is no rustic available to fetch them even if you quite knew where you had left them so there is no alternative but to tramp back with what different feelings you trudge your way along the road which now seems so tedious and uninteresting now if you are a wise man you will at once get a bag and see that all the things required are in it before you start you may find it necessary to have big brushes when you have only brought small ones and vice versa thus your pleasure as well as your work is spoiled be prepared for every emergency things which seemed improbable sometimes happen another reason is that in making a sketch from nature your full powers must be put forth you must be strung up to a high pitch every sense must be on the alert for if you are not keen and quick you may miss everything you may miss the particular effect upon which the whole charm of your subject depends for each sketch should be done at a single sitting it may be you have for your subject the sweet meadowland of the midlands of england across which the shadows of the sailing clouds steal over the cut grass lighting and relighting the distance 
the middle distance and the wood at the edge of which nestles a little village there is nothing amiss with the subject it expresses the peculiar characteristics of our country beautiful as it is in itself how much lovelier does it seem when seen under the special conditions for which you have patiently waited never mind if you have to get out of bed at dawn it may be worth the effort or if you have lingered until the white mists have stolen along the flats and your dinner has got cold it is worth the sacrifice for remember this important fact you cannot get a dawn or a sunset repeated in a long experience of careful observation i have never seen two dawns or two sunsets alike unlike history they never repeat themselves when you have satisfied yourself under what conditions your subject looks best when you have risen early morning after morning or stayed out till dusk evening after evening when you are certain that the very best conditions are before you then make a start with that courage and confidence without which nothing great is ever achieved courage confidence and alertness are supreme qualities in sketching from nature there are many things to be borne in mind which you must keep constantly before you the progress of the shadows on the hills which give such a wide foil to your sunlit trees will not wait for you and if you glance but for an instant you will see that the sky is clearing to windward and you may have no more cloud shadows that day when you start you must allow for the whiteness of your canvas which by strong contrast may make your work appear too dark allow a little too for the drying in of your colors the exact tone of the hillside is more easily obtained since its effect is more continuous then place before it the trees in the exact color and tone in relation to the sunlight and shadow of the hills afterwards note the grass which is of a more local green and paint its exact pitch in relation to the preceding tones the road has its shadows across it note the subtle quality within the shadow that suggests the material of the road for the road material should be recognized as the same under all conditions of light and shade for instance a shadow across it must not be like a piece of dark cloth laid down but a luminous tone full of the reflection of the sky observe that the edges are darker and colder than the general color of the shadow you may ask why not paint the sky first i know you have been told to do so and as every painter has a reason for what he does let me explain why i should not it is much easier to paint a sky to suit a landscape than a landscape to suit a sky the frequent cause of so many pictures showing a divided purpose in this respect arises from the unsuitability of the landscape to the sky or vice versa 
you want the sky to belong to the landscape as much as its trees or its fields and as the cloud forms generally depend upon the existing contours of your composition they can only be put in after these contours have been arranged your business in sketching from nature is to give one a fervid impression of the place its biggest facts painted in just relation to each other and its characteristics set down frankly fearlessly and in the most direct manner possible in so far as your sketch endorses the above qualities it will be good the moment you begin to hesitate the moment you begin to neglect the larger facts you will get wrong with your values you will lose the sense of spontaneity which is the charm of your sketch there is i know always the temptation to realize the beautiful details of nature but you can make a careful study of them at your leisure for you must never sacrifice the big things of your landscape to the details of your sketch the exact harmony of sky and land of trees and pasture of light and shade of color and tone these are the essentials which you must strive to realize and these are sufficient in all conscience for you to keep in hand without the consideration of the particular forms which make up your foreground and masses and you will find that your masses will be more correct if treated in this way than if they were niggled to the loss of their general breadth a sketch may be described as a study but a study never as a sketch the sketch deals with the big things the passing effect of sun and shadow of storm or rain of dawn or sunset and must realize the sense of each particular and peculiar set of conditions pertaining to the various effects but a study is a faithful drawing or painting of a particular portion of the details which may be useful to you in painting a serious picture and i shall describe later how both may be brought into one's service for that particular purpose now if you have succeeded in obtaining a sketch which fixes fairly and truthfully the facts of a passing and changing effect you have done well you have had to attend to many things you have worked under great pressure of thought you have had many irons in the fire and if you have succeeded in keeping them all hot every part of your sketch should be equally fervid and spontaneous having realized the object of your sketch you might then as a relaxation turn to some of the details and on a separate piece of canvas make a very careful study of them otherwise you would not know them sufficiently to use them in your picture i have endeavored to point out to you the characteristics of a sketch and a study and i would like to show you how you should proceed in a practical manner when sketching from nature or in making a study in addition to their intrinsic interest 
sketches reveal the character of the artist even more clearly than his finished pictures they are or should be the vivid expression of his appreciation of nature under a special emotional impulse and on that account are worthy of preservation i think more is to be learned from the sketches of a great artist like turner than from his more elaborated works where much of his psychological attitude is disguised i should strongly advise you to study those in the national gallery it is better to sketch rapidly since it is difficult to give the time necessary to the delineation of form under the conditions of changing light bear in mind that if we start in the morning we have shadows from left to right and in the evening from right to left and through the intervening hours the shadows are continually modifying the contours of the landscape we cannot command the sun to stand still or arrest the rain cloud so we must make the best of our limitations since it is so difficult to observe the subtler aspects of nature in the fervent heat of sketching it is necessary to analyze them and study them separately it is not only a profitable but a very pleasant pursuit to make pencil drawings of the component parts of the subject one is engaged upon and thus accumulate a mass of material for the picture of a larger scale in sketching from nature do not seek to make incomplete pictures an unfinished picture is not a sketch nor has it any value except as practice in landscape painting there are three stages the sketch which aims chiefly at command of color the study which devotes itself to the truth of form and finally the picture which unites the fresh impressions of the sketch with the more systematic comprehension of form which is the object of the study the picture is the end the others are the means and the end cannot be attained in the best sense unless you cultivate the discipline of the means of course i do not for one moment suggest that a color sketch should be devoid of accurate form but it is necessary in order to fulfill its purpose as reference in subsequent work that it should be above all true in its chromatic values even if false in its form the form is always with you whereas color is transitory if it be possible to secure both at once good but i think you are hardly likely to achieve the complexities of color while your attention is engaged at the critical moment of the effect on the exactness of form the general outline may be recorded but when one is absorbed in the contemplation of color in nature the element of form is perforce very much subordinated landscape painting is the realization of inspired conceptions some artists are moved by minute details of nature others by the wider and bigger attributes to those who love her nature is always responsive she offers everything you ask 
you want the dust and cinders that make up mountains they are there or you want the clouds which mingle with the everlasting fires they also are there you may choose the rubble and dirt or you may choose the peaks which keep company with the heavens if the painter wishes he may paint every blade of grass he enjoys perfect freedom no law forbids but he should not particularize his blades of grass in a broad meadow nor specify the grains of corn in the wide sweep of the harvest field we know the meadow is covered with tiny blades but we do not see them individually we see only the aggregate of their form and color and a broad general suggestion is as faithful to nature as would be a multitude of petty details which we do not see in an ordinary outlook the suggestion of the fact that the tree is thick with leaves and that it is living and moving is infinitely more satisfying to one's sense of truth than would be an immense and painful mass of innumerable and carefully realized leaf units the goal to strive towards is the living impression of a tree as a whole as a being so to speak and not of a colossal repository of detail the advice i give you is to draw as well as to sketch from nature every day and slowly but surely you will feel yourself competent enough to start a large canvas and you will be able so to speak to see your picture painted before you touch a brush draw the landscape as simply as possible with charcoal afterwards going over the lines with pencil then dust off the charcoal and you have the drawing left by your pencil with the confidence which comes after considerable practice you will be able to dispense with the charcoal and pencil and start at once with color your paints must be so arranged on your palette that the color most frequently used is the handiest that is white and then follow the yellows reds blues and greens it is necessary to have a system in placing your pigments on your palette as it saves time and time is of the utmost value when you are rapidly sketching a passing effect the crucial effect so soon fades and one's memory loses its acumen so quickly that you must not trust to it therefore you cannot afford to lose time by wandering round your palette for a certain color the place of each color should be known to you as intimately as any note on the keyboard of the piano is to the musician use plenty of paint but not too thin do not miss solidity through thinness of color a little medium composed of equal proportions of copal or amber varnish turpentine and linseed oil is helpful with a brush which holds an ample supply of color lay it on your canvas frankly and fearlessly always remembering that within reasonable limits you can later on correct mistakes the sky can be painted first with a coat of white tempered with yellow ochre 
and the blue patches of the sky painted into it exact tone and color are as important in sunlit areas as in the space shadowed by the cloud it is essential to ascertain the difference between the sunshine and the shadow having settled what you feel to be the exact difference place the colors down on your canvas but if you are not quite sure of the result wait for another shadow to correct your values utilize your cloud shadows for form as well as for color the shadow displays the varied contours of the ground over which it falls and thus affords a valuable aid to perspective perhaps the shadow may cross the wood on the hillside and leave the church and cottages in sunshine you will quickly detect the difference between the trees in shadow and those in light fields which were vivid in their rich green in sunshine become more subdued in shadow though not less luminous the foreground grass for which you might have used bright cadmium and transparent oxide of chromium must now be represented in a combination of yellow ochre and cobalt or deep cadmium and french blue bear in mind that although the color of the middle distance and extreme distance may be lowered it must convey as in nature the impression that it is composed of exactly the same materials that is to say the distant grass must look like grass as distinctly as that in the foreground there must be no halting to inquire no hesitation in this assurance the diminished size of trees houses and other familiar objects explain their own distance but large spaces as for instance of grass fields on a hillside depend more upon aerial perspective the criterion of judgment being in this case a just tone of color rather than the diminution of individual objects i have no doubt that you will find the middle distance objects extremely difficult to paint and i fear many artists use the same colors as in the foreground merely diluting them by the addition of white thinking they will thus secure the desired alteration of tone this is not the case all the various distances which we describe as middle or remote not only demand a change of actual pigments but a fresh combination of color thus while the foreground may consist of the strongest greens the middle distance may require white yellow ochre and blue and in the far distance rose matter white a little yellow ochre or raw umber now i would ask you in oil painting not to dilute your color with oil or medium more than is absolutely necessary for facility in working this is a fatal error made by so many amateurs when painting from nature you must learn to master the somewhat stubborn material and when you have overcome the technical difficulties of the craft you will find the great advantage of being able to manipulate a fuller body of paint when you have painted the foreground the mid distance the wood the light on the church the village 
you have practically completed the sketch with the exception of the sky and that should harmonize with the structure of the landscape as a whole the forms of the clouds must preserve a suitable relation and sympathy with your landscape their contours must assist the lines of your composition and their character be in keeping with the effect you have elected to paint their scale also must be studied for it must not lessen the sense of the width of the meadow or the near distance or the distance of the hills now you have the opportunity of perfecting your composition you may put in that little bit of extreme distance which so beautifully melts into your sky and you will consider whether the pool in the foreground should reflect the white or the blue-gray of the heavens do not hurry your sketch now for the effect you sought after has passed you cannot improve on the first vivid impression and though the forms still confront you you cannot invent the exact relations of color which nature only has the privilege of creating leave well alone or if you are not pleased with the day's work repeat the subject tomorrow if the weather is the same and the experience you have gained will guide and nerve you for your next attempt end of chapter three